KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Carol McKenzie. Millions of Americans got their stimulus money on a prepaid debit card, the Economic Impact Payment Card, or EIP. If you are one of them, there are some things you need to know about using it. And you want to make sure you don't get dinged with fees, which range from 25 cents to 17 bucks. Susanna Snyder is the senior editor for personal finance at U.S. News and World Report. Can you tell us who got these cards and why did they get the cards and, and not direct deposit or paper check? Right. So these are cards that carry people's stimulus checks. And you're right. Some people got direct deposit or a paper check. Uh, the nearly 4 million Americans who received a debit card likely got one because either the IRS did not have their bank account information or their tax return was processed by one of two IRS service centers. Uh, One is in Massachusetts and the other is in Texas. So those could be some of the reasons why maybe you got this card and not a direct deposit like your neighbor or a family member. So who issued these cards and, and what do they look like? So they come from from Uncle Sam. They come from the government. Again, they're your, they're your stimulus check. And they come in an envelope that is pretty plain. It says it's from Money Network Cardholder Services. So it might look a bit like junk mail, but don't throw it away if you receive it. Uh, the card itself is like a Visa-branded debit card. So it looks pretty much like any other debit card you might receive from your bank or, you know, from another financial institution. It has Visa on the top, piece of plastic. It should look very familiar. I can see people throwing this away. I could see getting this and thinking it's a credit card offer and not really paying attention to it. What do you do if you did that? Absolutely. I would not blame anybody for thinking this is junk mail and throwing it in the trash. So, if you suspect that you threw yours away, what you want to do is you can call a number on the eipcard.com website and cancel the card they sent you and request a replacement. Um, there is a fee after the first time you do that. So the first time the replacement is at no charge. But if you keep throwing your card away, you know, two, three, four, five times, expect to pay a $7.50 fee. So that would be the way to go about replacing it. And especially the first time, don't freak out. But try, try and keep tabs on it when they do some replacement. So let's talk some more about those fees, because there are some hefty ones. And these are fees for, for using it. Can you tell us about that? Who's, who's charging these fees? Absolutely. So there are fees for certain kinds of transactions on the card. And these will be things that are pretty similar to what you'd expect if you are familiar with using a debit card or a prepaid card. Uh, If you have an out-of-network ATM transaction, there's a $2 fee. If you withdraw cash via a bank teller, there's a $5 fee. Uh, An ATM balance inquiry is $0.25. Again, replacing a lost or stolen card is $7.50 after the first time. The good news is that a lot of these fees are waived the first time. So if you do a transaction that carries a fee, once you're going to be okay, you're not going to be charged a fee. It's again that second, third, fourth, fifth time where you're going to start to get dinged. And, you know, this is your stimulus check money. The last thing you want to do is have it chipped away at by these little fees. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they're allowing this. I'm assuming the, it's the institutions that are charging these fees just for, for using the card, basically. 
Right. It's, it's coming from the institution. And I mean, the good news is, again, you do have a chance to kind of make a mistake once. And there's a bit of a grace period. The bad news is if you continue using this card in a way that comes with a C, again, it's going to chip away at your balance. I will say there are some strategies um, for getting the money off the card and into your bank account or into your hands as cash quickly. And that can at least reduce the time you're using the card and then reduce the possibility that you are charged a fee. Yeah, let's talk about that. How can you avoid these fees? How should you use it to, to, to not get dinged like this? So the overarching strategy here is to get the money off the card and into your hands or into your bank account in as few transactions as possible. So there are a few ways to do that. Um, If you are somebody with a bank account, you can go to the eipcard.com website, input your routing number and your account number uh, into your uh, profile and have the money transferred to your bank account. So then it's off the card, you cut off the card, throw the pieces away and it's in your bank account Uh, more like as if you had received a direct deposit. Uh, You can also use the card like you would a traditional debit card at the uh, cash register. So say you go to the grocery store, you get your groceries, you go to use the card to pay for them, you can use the cash back feature, and that will get money off the card and into your hands as well. Uh, You can also request a money network check. So if you want to, say, pay your rent or something that requires a check, you can request a check from the website, they'll send it to you, and the amount on the check is deducted from the balance of the card. You can also go to an ATM, try to go to an in-network one. There are are thousands of them and withdraw the money. Just be aware that there are some daily and transactional limits on the amount you can withdraw at one time. So if you do have a large stimulus payment, say you're married, you qualify for the full amount, maybe you have a couple of kids, uh, that could cause you to need to go back a few times to withdraw the full amount. So just keep that in mind and try and stick with an in-network ATM. Of course, there are always scammers looking to steal your money and identity. What should you watch out for? Have you heard? Or have you heard any scams involving these cards? You know, I've heard that people should definitely be watching out for people who are trying to get their information. You know, exactly use kind of confusion around these cards to their own advantage. So, you know, make sure if you have questions, there's the eipcard.com website. Call the toll-free number. Make sure you're using if you download their app or if you are using their website that you have strong passwords that you're um, being really cognizant about who you're giving your information to i do think this is a little confusing for people because to register your card you do need to provide things like your personally identifiable information your name your social security number and that's usually the type of stuff we tell people not to give to unfamiliar organizations so it is a little bit tough, I think, for people to understand how to use these and just be really careful and thoughtful about who you're giving your information to. And of course, you know, w- whenever we hear of these scams, they always say they the government will not call you <laughs> to get your information. Right, right. The IRS is not going to uh, threaten to throw you in jail or something like that. I mean, that would be a sign that you're dealing with a scammer. So I want to talk a little bit, too, about personal finances. A lot of people are struggling to make ends meet. Um, What what advice do you have for them? Because right now it doesn't look like, you know, we don't know when the pandemic is going to end. We don't know how quickly the economy is going to recover. So what pieces of advice do you have for people who are really struggling right now? Right. It's, It's a really tough time for a lot of people. And I think the uncertainty makes it even more difficult. You know, in relationship to these stimulus 
checks. I think this can be a great opportunity for somebody who maybe doesn't have income coming in or doesn't have a strong uh, savings account to keep that money, to build up their savings account, to pay for the things they really need, like making sure they have shelter, food, and access to health care. And, you know, everything else can kind of be maybe a little bit downgraded in terms of priority or better yet, if they can negotiate with creditors, uh, see what kinds of relief options there are for other kinds of regular bills, just making sure you have a place to stay, food to eat, and if you get sick, you can go to the doctor, I think is huge. Um, If you do still have a job and actually you're doing fairly well, given the circumstances, this payment can be you know, another opportunity to save or to meet another kind of financial goal, like paying off debt or building an emergency fund. So the way you want to use the stimulus check will really depend on your situation. Susanna, what what should we learn from this? Because, you know, a lot of people went into this pandemic living paycheck to paycheck without a real cushion. And for those people, like saving was not an option because they were barely covering their necessities as it was. So what do we learn from this going forward? What lessons do we take with us out of this? Oh, gosh, you know, I hope people come out of this maybe having taken away a few financial lessons, even though I know it's kind of a hard way to learn um, about some personal finance strategies. But, I mean, the first thing really is, even if it's a small financial cushion, a small savings account, a little bit goes a long way. So in personal finance, we often talk about having three to six months worth of savings in a savings account, and that can be really intimidating. Just know that even if you have 200 bucks, 500 bucks, $1,000, that can really help you get through a tough month or a short-term income disruption. So try, you know, even if it means maybe taking on a side hustle for a little while, doing a no spending challenge where you spend a week really just tamping down on spending to get some kind of financial cushion started. And that will really, really make you more resilient. I think that is the sort of biggest takeaway here is savings really do help when something like this happens. Susanna, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic, or if you just want to know more than what you're hearing on the news right now, if you want to go a little deeper, if you want to know how this could change your life or your routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon. (laughs) 